The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matt Overmind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. Today, I have Antonio Garrido on the show, author and leadership coach. So you know what we're going to talk about today. Yes, we're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about how to overcome negative beliefs, the importance of leadership journaling, and so much more. I mean, we're going to talk about mind, body, spirit. We have a lot of good stuff to get into today. And of course, have a hack of the episode. And is what is action bias and why it's a leadership leader's most valuable resource. And with that being said, Antonio, welcome to the show, my man. Hi, Zico. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Stoked to be here. Thank you for the interview. I hope, uh, uh, thank you for the invitation, rather. I hope to uh, bring some value to your to your audience. I think we've got some stuff that they might enjoy today, I think. I think so, too. This is going to be a very valuable topic because yeah. a lot of times, you know, when people, let's say you have many clients, right? And, you know, make who struggle with different things when it comes to like growing their business or even starting their business. Like, and I've I've worked with people who have said, you know what, I want to do this, but they just don't know how to do it. They don't think they're going to do it. Or even if you're not starting a business, like in everyday life, they just feel um like very like negative all the time or afraid to do things or don't want to take risk because you know so and I'll just quick quick before we start Antonio I'm yeah. Jamaican right and yeah. we are very risk averse people and a lot of times if we say we're gonna do something then you have like ten ten different people telling you why you shouldn't do it instead of why you should do it and these are things that we kind of. I guess the one for the lack of better terms are slave to mentally. Like Bob Marley says, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going nice. to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery. Yes, we are. <laughs> and with that being said, Antonio, tell my audience about yourself. Oh, well, honestly, Zico, I'm probably only interesting to me, my wife and my, and my parents. But uh, um, so I started life a million years ago because I'm ancient, right? But I started, uh, I came out of university as an architect, ran some pretty nice businesses, went back to university, got another, uh, well, got an MBA in strategic business management, and then ran bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger organizations to the to the extent that I guess you would call them Fortune 60 companies. I run a few of those, four of those. So with thousands of employees and billions in revenue and all of that kind of stuff. So and then about 15 
years ago, I wrote my first book, opened my first business, which is all about uh, in Miami, right? Not a million miles away from where you are, right, sir? Um, and that pretty, uh, quickly became probably the third largest sales and management training company in the world. And then I wrote another book and then this book, my latest book, which is the My Daily Leadership book. And then there's another business associated with that. So I started off as an architect and now I'm, a, I guess, a coach more than anything else. And my wife, interestingly enough, she's a wellness coach as well. So I think some of the things that we're going to talk about are going to be really useful to your audience because um, if you're going to lead some other people, who do you have to lead first? Yourself. Exactly. So let's talk about let's talk about what it takes to lead yourself to maximize your own potential because all leaders are trying to maximize their potential, the potential of their people, and therefore by default the potential of their business. So so we've got models, talk about all of that, but I don't want to ramble on too much. Did that answer your first question? <laughs> that answered my question, man. And, and you're more interesting than you think, my friend. Let me tell you that. Okay, but... <laughs> okay well, let, thank let... you. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, let's talk about leadership for, for when, when, because we hear that word thrown around, right? And we think a lot of times leaders have to be up on the pulpit, you know, screaming at people to, or out telling people <laughs> what to do, right? Yeah. But in your own words, what, what do you consider leader to be leadership? Oh, crikey. Well, so I know we only have 30 minutes for this podcast that we'll be here for hours. So, and if you went along to any, kind of, you know, Barnes and Noble, if they're still open after, you know, COVID, I'm sure they are, or any other bookstore, you know, you go to the leadership, uh, the business section, and then the leadership section, and there's miles and miles and miles and miles, shelf upon shelf upon shelf of, you know, what's leadership around, about what's management about, and all of that kind of stuff. For, for us, for the model that we developed, or that we've had for about the last 16 years or so, um, it, it kind of boils down to, I mean, you could argue, you know, it's the ability to create fellowship, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not, that's a pithy answer and I'm not really uh, an advocate of that. So, um, so let me give you a model of leadership and maybe that will point us towards the answer. And, and here's the thing I'd like your uh, viewers and uh, audience to think about. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you two quick stories. I'm going to give you one model and two stories. Okay, so let's start with the let's start with the model. Think about um, you know maximizing your potential. Whether you're a leader, whether you're a manager, whether you're an architect, <laughs> whether you're a baker, <laughs> right? Whether you're a I don't know um, a, a, a motorcycle messenger guy, <laughs> right? Or an Uber Eats guy, right? What, whatever you are, right? Everything from architect to zebra stuffer, right? whatever you might be from A to Z. Think about this, this term about maximizing your potential. And, and think about it as well in terms of health and weight management and all of that kind of stuff, right? So you can apply this model to any role and to any goal, right? Into, you know, any kind of anything that you're trying to achieve. All right. So this you can imagine like a square and it's kind of, the, these are the components, right? So to maximize your potential, to achieve, uh, to get as close to closing that gap between where you are and where you want to be, whatever that is, right? And it doesn't just have to be uh, weight management. It could be anything, right? Anything, anything, anything. Could be 
how many dollars you've got in the bank, right? Depending on how you measure success and everybody does it differently. But anyway, so so wherever you are and wherever you want to be, there's a gap. So how do we how do we make sure that we can close that gap as as as, as well as we can? Well, it kind of relies on these four things. And by the way, Zico, if I if I'm just rambling on too much, kind of scratch your nose or something, and that's that's code for Antonio, shut your face. Right. Okay. So we've got all right, no particular order of priority. First of all, we've got we've got some beliefs, right? We've got some beliefs and values that are kind of lock these conceptual issues that are kind of those six inches between our ears. And some of those beliefs help us out. But some of them are real self-limiting beliefs and they hold us back. So so before we can kind of start to really, really close that gap, we have to really try to understand about which beliefs are helping us and which beliefs are hurting us. So we've got some beliefs and values that we need to think about. And I'm going to tell you a little bit later on how to think about them. But for now, let's just think. So number one, write down beliefs and values. OK, number two. All right. So. You can't just think your way to success, right? You can't just like, if you're a salesperson, kind of stare at the phone and aggressively wait for it to ring. You can't just, you know, you've actually got to, you can think about stuff, which is great. You have a good attitude, which is great. Good self-confidence and self-belief and all of that good stuff, great. But unless you actually do something, so now we've got to not only take these beliefs and values, we've got to kind of couple them to some actions and initiatives, right? We've actually got to, We've got to do some behaviors now. And that behavior could be either get down to the gym or don't put that burger in your mouth, right? So there are some behaviors associated with, we've got our beliefs and values, but on their own, we don't just, I know there are a lot of people that think that, you know, I can manifest my way towards my goals. And listen, manifestation, all right, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of but we've got to have some actions and initiatives, right? So we've got some actions and initiatives. So we've got some beliefs and values we've got to think about. Some actions and initiatives, some plans and actions and behaviors and activities we've also got to think about. Then we've got to think about, well, what kind of, how skillful are we with those actions and initiatives, right? So you mentioned, or we were talking before we came on air, Zico, about the fact that, you know, we are we are kind of coaches for um, you know, leaders and senior managers and all of that kind of stuff. And and a lot of the time, you know, we'll we'll agree with them the things that they have to do, but then we also have to agree with them how to get better at those things, right? Um, you know, if you if you want to, if you decide you want to learn to play the piano, right? So your actions and but sorry, your beliefs and values are I am determined I'm gonna learn how to play the piano you then actually have to lift up the lid and start doing this, right? You have to actually do something. So you need some you need some actions, right, to start to learn the piano. Then you need to improve your skill at doing this, right? And you do that by repeat, you know, and, and, and organize an intentional effort. My son, Alex, he plays piano to a very, very high standard. And sometimes I would listen to him, uh, you know, practicing. I could walk in the house, Zika, right? I could walk in the house and hear that he was practicing on his piano. And just by hearing, I knew 
whether he was intentional about learning today or whether he was just ticking a box, box and just getting his 30 minutes in, right? But when when he was just ticking a box to get his 30 minutes in, he would just play and play and play and play and play and play and play. When he was trying to actively get better, he would play just maybe two or three bars and then stop and then think about it and then reflect and then think, ah, maybe I should, and then I, he would do it again and maybe do it slightly differently and, so there's a difference, right, between just ticking a box, just turning up at the gym and doing some squats, right, or actually being very intentional uh, and uh, determined about it. Okay, so now we've got three things. Is this making sense so far? All right, so we've got some beliefs and values. We've got some actions and initiatives. We've got some increasing skill and technique. And then the fourth thing is is emotional intelligence right and self-awareness so what does that mean as far as you know closing this gap whatever this gap is well oftentimes we have either an over or an underinflated self of our own sense of our own capabilities right um and and oftentimes it's hard to take critique from someone, right? And and it's hard to tell someone they've got an ugly baby at the same time, right? So so who's going to tell you? Like pers- this is the, you know the advantages of coaches and personal trainers and those kind of guys, right? Who are objective about saying, yeah, it's good, but you, this needs some work. So so now we've got some beliefs and values, got some actions and initiatives, we've got some skills and techniques, and now we've got to have some self awareness. We've got to build some self awareness. If we build self-awareness that and emotional intelligence, because emotional intelligence helps us, it helps things like impulse control, right? Do I have to have this extra burger? Do I have to watch the rest of this movie and could I watch it tomorrow? Would a good night's sleep help? Would do I have to have this glass of wine? Would a glass of water do instead? Do you know what I mean? So, so we've got these four components, whether it's for leadership or anything else. Beliefs and values, uh, behaviors, actions and initiatives, skills and techniques, and then the self-awareness and emotional intelligence. If we can help address all of those four areas, well, then this starts to happen, right? That that starts to happen. So the question then is, how do we do that? But I'm going to leave it at that for now. And see if you have any questions. Maybe your question is going to be, how do you do that? But it may be something else. So rather than just keep rambling on, over to you. You, you have me uh, thinking because like in the when I first, the first question I asked, you kind of led into you have to start by leading yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And the four things that you just described also talks about you leading yourself. Yeah. You know, like I've worked in departments or you know different places where people have told me you'd be a good leader. And I said, but I don't, I don't like to lead. I don't want to be a manager. I don't want to do anything like that. They're like, you don't, you misunderstanding. You're thinking leadership is you got to stand up and tell everybody what to do. I mean, you're a leader because you go out there and you give a hundred percent every day and people see it and people want to replicate it. Some don't, and that's their issue, but you know, a lot of people follow for that reason. And um, so, yeah, it starts with yourself. Um, I talk about even my body, I'm 40 years old. I'm in the best shape of my life. And, you know, I'm, my health is actually the best of my life I've ever been in my life. I don't take any medications anymore. I was told you I had COVID 
felt like the flu to me. Like, you know, my it's but the reason why I would say I, I do these things not to brag, even though you're not just gonna sound a semi narcissist, but not to <laughs> brag, right? That's just a running joke. I mean, my friends, but um, it's really it's because I want to show people what can be done. I'm not just telling you, hey, take this, do that, do that. I'm showing you, hey, I'm the best version of myself. You can be the best version of yourself, right? So leadership starts with you and what you do. You know, like um, I, I get up early every day. One of the first things I do is I have a, a morning routine where I, I journal and I read and sometimes I play guitar you know, right. I start my day off very slowly before I even get into work or start talking to clients or thinking about work. I don't pick up my phone first. I train six days a week, sometimes twice if I have the time. But these are things that I love and I want to show people, hey, I don't do these things because let me put it back up and say it this way. I've come, I've talked to a lot of people who think, you know, eating healthy and working out is a drag, right? But I tell them I actually love doing it. I have a lot of energy. I feel, I feel so much better. I, I'm at, I'm at a height of my health that I've never been before. And I want to show people, Hey, you can also be there. So again, leadership starts with you. Now, enough of that, because I want to talk about something else. Cause I kind of, I, I purposely said journaling. Cause I know you we're going to talk about that next, yeah. right? Can I just so what is the- jump on and then you can ask me a question. So I was talking to the CEO of a 30, eight billion dollar organization so with a b not an m with a b right and um he was bemoaning the fact that he had this to do and this to do and this to do like a whole like an enormously long list of things to do and i was trying to talk to him about his stress and work-life balance and all of that kind of stuff right and there's there's a lot to do because he has a lot of responsibilities and i get it right um and i said to him Okay, when was the last time we did this? When was the last time you took off some time, watched the kids play basketball? When was the last time? Right. So we were like asking those kinds of questions. And and then I said to him, and we talk about it in the book actually. I then said to him, well, I won't give you his real name, so let's call him Bob. And that's not his name. So I said, Hey Bob, remember, um, if you don't find time to prioritize your wellness. Or if you can't find time to prioritize your wellness, you'll be forced to find time to prioritize your illness. So which do you want to choose? You're making a choice every day. So I just wanted to make that point that, uh, and, and also to, just to address your other point that, no, you don't have to have CEO on your business card to be a leader. People follow people that, you know, there are unofficial shop stewards all over the place, right? So it doesn't, he doesn't have to say CEO on your card for you to to be the leader of your group, your church, your team, your department, your division, your family, your friend you don't it, it doesn't have to say that, right? And you can develop that leadership skill how you by using that model that we talked about. Okay, good. Now said that. No, no, that's good. That's a really good follow-up and very good summary. And with that being said, let's talk about leadership journaling though. Yeah. So, like what what really is it and why is it important? So journaling is so critical. Right? When when anybody says, yeah, I want to improve X, and you say, oh, great, um, or I have been improving X or Y or whatever, you say, okay, great, let me see your journal. And they don't have one, don't believe them. It's that simple, right? Every single, I don't know who you're most, who's your favorite? 
well, I'm asking everybody, but I'm also asking you particularly, Zika. But who's your favorite sports uh, star? My favorite sports star? Yeah. Um, oh, that's a tough one. I know. I would have to say Kevin De Bruyne, who plays for Manchester oh, nice. City. Oh, nice. Plays for Man City, my team. Okay, good, 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 good. So, one of the best players on the planet, right? Of 8 billion people on the planet, he's like one of God's gifted and talented and determined individual. Okay, terrific. What does he do every single day? If he's not playing, you know, for the team against somebody else, every single day he's trying to get better, yes or no? Yes. And and he's one of the only guys on the planet that can say to himself, I got this, right? I figured this out, right? But he doesn't. Every single day he works with the coach, he works with his trainers, he tries to get better every single day. And he... If anyone can take a day off, it's him, but he doesn't. He works every day. Now you've got to think about chicken and egg, and that's a whole different conversation for a different day. But here's the other thing. Any any famous, successful anything, not just a Kevin De Bruyne, they journal, right? It's no coincidence. When I first, my first big position the group CEO asked me, he said, hey, Antonio, um, do you journal? Uh, and I said, no. And he said, oh, why? And I said, probably because I'm not a 16-year-old Victorian schoolgirl, right? Which is what I thought Which is what I thought journaling was all about. And he went, ah, oh, okay. Well, go and find the 10 most successful people you can in any frame, any walk, any part of life, any size, any the most successful people you can, and see how many of them journal. I got to eight. I found eight people. I'd asked all eight, and they all did. And I thought, okay, maybe there's something to this. My daughter, one of my daughters, my middle daughter, I have I have four children, middle daughter, Grace. She used to, um, she used to s- swim for the UK or the British, the British Olympic she was in the British Olympic swim track. She was a swimmer, right? Big, 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 big swimmer. So every day she would practice things. She would practice tumble turns. She would practice diving in off the blocks. She would practice certain strokes. She would have races and times. And every day she would practice some stuff. Well, where did we keep a record of all these things? Where did we keep a record of what she ate where, and, and how much she slept and, and what her times were? and we just we wrote them we wrote them down because you can't just keep them in your head forever. So what what were we doing? By any other name, we were keeping a record of this stuff. We were journaling, correct? And then she was writing down how she felt about the day and how she what things she needs to think about. I need to pay more attention to this. I need to pay more attention to that. Well, that's all we do with our leaders, right? The people that we lead, the CEO. Every day we say to the CEO. Give yourself a score for today. How well did you do with your object, your goals today? Were you A plus or were you C minus or were you an F? And if you go, well, I was probably a B minus. I go, okay. So what could you have done differently? What should you have done differently? When you said this, what could you have maybe said that would have been not a B minus, but a, an A minus, right? So that that constant reflecting on how you feel, what you did against those four things, those beliefs, those actions, those skills, and that self-awareness thing. Constantly think, 
How am I doing? How am I doing? Am I closing? What could I do more of? What could I do less of? What should I have done? What shouldn't I have done? And just stick them in a journal. Just write them down somewhere. And that, over time, becomes your record of doing this. It's the only way. And don't just think it's me that does it and my daughter. Every president does it. Every Kevin De Bruyne does it. Every Michael Jordan does it. And if they can do it and they are the best around, then you can do it too. I want to hit on that a little bit because from the fitness standpoint, because I've talked to people who said, you know, I don't want to track my food. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to track this or track that or whatever. And I've always told people, I said, look, especially, especially when you're getting starting out, like you have to have a journal of what you eat because then you will realize your calorie intake. Then you start realizing your macros. Then you start realizing how many things that you're eating that you didn't know you're eating. Right. You know, sometimes we just snack and we don't count. It didn't count that in. And you start tracking your sleep quality because that impacts your overall health. And something Mm -hmm. else that's that's helpful that may not be written, but uh, it's like filming in the gym. Like when you do a workout and you film yourself, you realize what your form actually is. Right. Which is not a way of journaling because it gives you a way of recognizing, hey, what you did. And then how you've improved over time. So I think journaling is definitely important. And from the mindset of leading yourself so others can see you and follow your work, you have to get better yourself. And journaling is an is very important in that. And it's definitely changed my life. Now I'm gonna say this because it's 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 off topic than what we're talking about, Antonio. Yeah. But can you see the plaque behind me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know what it is? It's is it Man City's treble plaque. Oh, no way. Nice. Yeah, so Manchester City treble, one of our yeah. first treble ever won. So shout out to my team, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Pep Guardiola. Nice. You know, I love my team. So I got to give a quick shout out. To nice. My right there, hey, Zico, you have to give me your, um, I got a bunch of guys that we watch the game with and we'll WhatsApp each other and all that. As we watch, you must watch the games, right? Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. All right. We're going to get on that. We're going to get on that. So now Antonio and, I, Antonio and I just became lifelong friends. So that's yeah, pretty much awesome. BFF. Now, with that being said, let's take a quick break and let's talk about one of my favorite companies. Let's talk about the Amino Co. They produce Heal, right? Which is 100% science-backed essential amino acid. It's designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function by accelerating muscle repair while helping you maintain a healthy inflammatory response. Now, that's also a lot of words, right? So why is that important? Well, what's inflammation? If inflammation is created in many ways, and one of the ways is when you train, when you work out, your body does create inflammation. When you feel sore or, you know, your muscles get achy and tired, that's a result of inflammation, right? So HEAL has essential aminos and creatine and whey protein concentrate which your body can utilize to help you to recover from that inflammation. Not just recover, but help you to build more lean muscle. I should just say muscle. I always say lean muscle. Muscle is actually lean, but get my point, right? So I actually love Heal. How I personally drink it, honestly, is like in the middle of my workouts, more like an intro workout to kind of bang out the second half. Because, you know, when I train, your boy goes hard in the pain. So I need that extra push, right? So I love Heal. You should definitely check it out. In fact, there is a recent clinical trial that compared one and two scoop amounts of Heal with high quality whey protein. And the net balance whole protein synthesis and breakdown were measured. 
And the response to heal was found to be three times larger than whey protein on a gram-to-gram basis. Now, again, why is that important? It doesn't have a lot of fillers that that whey protein would have. In addition to because it gives you the essential aminos, because it gives you the creatine and the whey protein concentrate, your body can essentially absorb it immediately. And that's why I love it. That's why I use it. It was initially designed for NASA, and they then reformulated for regular people like myself, even though I was always consider myself regular, but you know, the point is beside itself. So, you know, but so they, ref- they reformulated it for us and it's absolutely banging. In fact, if you're recovering from an injury and you want to, you know, you can't really train, well, heel can help you to retain muscle mass while you're doing that and possibly recover faster, depending on what the situation may be. So check out heel. I absolutely love it. Their website is aminoco.com says Zico Health. You click on there, you get 30% off. See that? See how nice I am? I give you 30% off Heal and also Perform, which is another one of their products that I absolutely love. And because, you know, I try to be a nice guy, I'll make sure that the link is uh, in the description of the podcast. And with that being said, enough about Man City, enough <laughs> about Heal. Let's get back to the regular schedule program. Well, can, right? I, can I just add a couple of things to that? Yes, go ahead. So, and just what you said before that, when you said, you know, people say, yeah, I don't want to journal. Blah, 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 blah. You know, sometimes, you know, we have to be cruel to be kind a little, a little, right? Not just for the sake of just being cruel, you know, and, and people that say, well, you know, I don't want to do this and we'll make another suggestion. Well, you know, that's not really me. Then we'll make another suggestion. We'll, go, well you know, I tried that, but it's not worked, right? You get to the point where you say, hey, look, hold on, time out. Just time out for one second, right? Um, If you want a different output, right, if you want a different result, whatever that result or output is, if you want it, that's a big if. You might say you do, but do you, right? But a different output. What do you have to do to, to the inputs, right? Because same inputs equals same output. So unless you change those inputs, you're not going to get a different output. We all know that madness is doing the same thing again and again and again and hoping for different results, right? So so, so if we want a different output, we have to either change the inputs or change the quality of the processes, right? That there's nothing – or, or we go to Hogwarts and get a Harry Potter magic wand, and that works too if you can find your way to the station to get on the train to take you there, right? So, So people that say – yeah, I don't really want to journal. You know, we say, well, then see ya. So we coach people. We coach people all over the world at all levels. And if they don't send us a photo of their journal, we won't coach them, right? And we coach. And my coach, for example, so we're, you probably have a coach too, Zika, right? But my coach, he's the pre- he coaches presidents of countries as well as presidents of companies, right? And so, and he's the same. If I don't journal, he won't coach me. And and if the people that he coaches and they're presidents of companies and countries don't journal, he won't coach those either. So, you know, you got to be, if you're serious about changing the result, you have to be serious about changing the input. All right, last point. The heel thing that you were talking about. So this is a perfect example of, yeah, if every day you're writing how you feel, not only mentally but physically and spiritually, how well you you know the 
the the grit and determination you had to put on your pants and go to the gym, the the intentionality you had in the gym, the two more reps or not, how quickly you recovered, all of that good stuff. You just write that in your journal and then you start taking heel. And then in 30 days, right, you do that for 30 days or however long, and then you go, yeah, there is an absolute direct correlation between me doing these things taking this heel, taking this supplement, doing that thing, and the results. If there isn't, stop doing it. But there will be, right? So so that 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 the journal tells you what not to do as well as what to do and what to do more of and all that stuff. So that was just making that point. That's 100% true. And that's a really good way to kind of put everything in, um, put everything all together. That's absolutely true. And uh, with that being said, Let's talk about emotional intelligence. Can you talk about it like earlier um, in the episode, right? So um, how can a leader build levels of emotional intelligence? That's tricky. So in the 1980s, so a quick story behind it. Some people listening may not even know what emotional intelligence is. Some of them may be you know, very familiar with it, right? But um, I think it was the 1980s, towards the end of the 80s. Coca-Cola, right? So not a small company, right? But Coca-Cola, who have hundreds of offices around the world. It's not just Atlanta and that's it, right? And they've got loads of different divisions, loads of different um, uh, brands, right? It's Coca-Cola, it's Fanta, it's, you know, lots and lots and lots of stuff, right? Um, Somebody wanted to try and figure out why are all of our successful people you know, why do, what's the difference between all of our successful people and divisions and organizing and, and the ones that aren't doing so well, right? So they started looking, and remember, if Coca-Cola plays an ad, right, <laughs> in Indeed or wherever they place an ad, right, if Coca-Cola plays an ad and say, hey, we're looking for a new, you know, head of a division, if we're looking for a new accountant, if we're looking for a new, and is Coca-Cola how many applications, how many applicants do you think they get? Thousands, right? They've got their pick of the crop in the world. Same with Microsoft, same with Google, same with, right, those Gillette, Kellogg's, those big brands, right? If they advertise a job, they can choose anyone they want practically from the thousands and thousands of applicants. They can choose all of the guys with the Harvard and the Princeton degrees, They can choose all the guys with the best experience and all that kind of stuff and the smartest guys around. So Coca-Cola thought, is there any similarity between all of those divisions that are really performing well and those divisions that are performing poorly? And there is. They expected that all of the well-performing divisions and managers and leaders, right, They, they, they had assumed that that's because they were run by the smartest guys we've got. And all of the poor performing ones, they assumed that's because they were, you know, run by, by the biggest doofuses we've got, right? So that's what they assumed. But that's not what they found. They found that all of the performing brands, markets, departments, divisions, all of those people, the leaders and the managers, they all had high emotional intelligence. And all of the ones that weren't performing all had low. There was a direct correlation. So we all think the smartest guys, you know, get all of the opportunities. They get all of the breaks. They get all of That's not true. 
because they've discovered that emotional intelligence is twice, I'm sorry, is three times, 300% more of a barometer of success than uh, IQ, right, than, than book smarts, than degrees and school. And some of the most successful people I know, man, they're, they're, they're dumb, right? They don't know much stuff, but they're, why are they successful? Because they have high EQ, even if they've got low IQ. And IQ, right, your intelligence, that's pretty much stamped on your DNA when you're born. Right, you're born with a level of IQ, an ability to read, an ability to learn, and an ability to conform to the school system. Right, that some people have it, and some people don't, and the lucky ones do, and the unlucky ones don't. The lucky ones have had good breaks, and the bad ones have had bad breaks. That's all BS. The most successful people have got high EQ, and the brilliant thing about EQ is you can change it, you can develop it. Right, it's not stamped on your DNA. You can actively work towards it so the the beauty of eq for me is that you can improve your eq and see your life change and where's a good place to track all of that in your journal so now you're going to ask me what eq is right no no actually no okay i i wanted to talk about really because now i'm going to take the show in a little direction that differently than i was planning to Okay. For the sake of time, I was going to talk about action bias, but I really want to talk about EQ, yeah, right? Okay. Because I think ta- EQ is going to be very beneficial for a lot of people. So yeah. explain like in layman's terms, like uh, how can someone say, okay, I can develop my EQ and I need to develop my EQ, right? But how do I do that? Okay, so good, good question. So, well, EQ is... I guess at its heart, it's the ability to manage your own emotions. It's your ability to recognize the effect that you have on others and the effect that others have on you and the effect that you have on circumstances and and circumstances have on you. So do you remember I said that your journal builds self-awareness? So... Every day we're looking at our self-awareness. We're looking what our gaps are. So I did, just before I went to the Super Bowl final that we were talking about when I caught COVID, I did a talk to about 400 leaders. And I said, uh, I asked everybody, I said, hey, by a show of hands, who here has no, no blind spots, right? Who here has no blind spots? And thankfully, Zico, nobody put their hands up. So, okay, terrific. Good, good self-awareness. Everybody recognizes they've got some blind spots. Terrific, says I. Okay, now just take a second and write them down for me. And then everyone was suddenly, you know, like shrugging the shoulders and shuffling the feet because we don't know what our blind spots are. If we knew what our blind spots are, they wouldn't be blind spots, right? So how do we figure out what our blind spots are? Well, by building our self-awareness. How do we build our self-awareness? Well, by starting to write down every day how we feel about things and what's going on. And when that, when I said that, I should have said that. When I'm, when I didn't say this, maybe I could have said that. So that's number one. Number one is self-awareness. Number two, because there's five components, by the way. So number one is self-awareness. Number two is self-regulation. Self-regulation is 
how do you control yourself when something goes bad, when something goes wrong, when something is unexpected, when somebody does or says something that you weren't expecting? Do you go bananas, right? Do you fly off the handle? Do you you throw your arms in the air and you go, this is bullshit, right? Or do you have the ability to manage and control your own emotions? That's called self-regulation. Nearly every single person, nearly every single person in prison, what's the one common denominator of nearly every single person in prison? They have low self-regulation, right? Because they've just done done something dumb instead of thinking twice and cutting once, right? So so, so number one is self-awareness. Number two is self-regulation. Number three is motivation. Understanding the things that motivate you and things that motivate others. So we have to have a good understanding of the 12 levers of motivation. If you want to know what they are, grab the book. The, third, the, the fourth thing is empathy, right? And empathy doesn't just mean uh, just feeling sorry for everybody, right? Empathy is the ability to see things from the other person's perspective, see things from the other person's point of view. Most of the time when people do something weird, it's because they've misunderstood what you're trying to say, right? They, 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 they've, or you've expressed yourself poorly, which means that your self-awareness and self-regulation again is low. And then the fifth thing is social skill. So when you were saying earlier, you know, being a leader isn't just standing on the platform and giving speeches to people, right? So some people have that high social skill where they're good at talking from a platform, but not every leader is. And a lot of leaders aren't, right? The best leaders we think are really gregarious. They're not. They're often very quietly, softly spoken individuals who have a passion about something, right, which is good. And we should all be passionate about something. If you don't know what it is, get your journal out and start figuring that out. But back back to your original question, the five components of self-awareness are self of emotional intelligence, I'm sorry, self-awareness, learning about self, self-regulation, figuring out how you, you um, emotionally respond to things, motivation of yourself and other people, empathy, and social skill. Make sense? That's absolutely perfect, and that's what I was—I was really that's what I was looking for, yes. yeah, because uh, it's that it's that's something that's extremely important. And you're right; some of I, I'm friends with some great leaders in in the health and fitness industry, yeah. and um, I mean they have thousands upon thousands of people, if not millions of people, that will follow them, and every single one have high EQ. Every single one. Everyone. They may be dumb for all I all I know. Yeah. But, you know, but I know they have IEQ. I know that much, you know. My friends will come after me because now I'm calling them all stupid. (laughs) My father, Zico, listen to this. My father, he was a Spanish uh, immigrant. He was a uh, a shepherd in Spain. Never went to school a day in his life, right? Because none of him, he didn't, none of his brothers did, none of his family did. There were no schools where he grew up. And he couldn't read or write. He's 90 next week. I'm going to Spain to his surprise birthday party next week right so can't read and write effectively doesn't know anything doesn't know facts and figures like you do and i do we know the moon goes around the earth and the earth goes around the sun we weren't born knowing that shit somebody's taught us that stuff right so he doesn't know anything and yeah he successfully from nothing grew and ran Five really successful businesses. Why? Because he has high EQ, but his IQ is on the floor. He doesn't know anything. 
right? But he knows people and he knows himself and he knows how to motivate staff and he knows how to work towards a goal and he knows how to schmooze people with good social skill and he can, and he can measure his own responses to things, right? He is, he's high EQ and he knows nothing. And that's a perfect example of how IQ is the least important thing and EQ is the most important thing. How to develop EQ? You get yourself one of these. <laughs> that's right. And you know how to develop EQ? Go get the book. And with that being Go said, tell my audience, how can we learn more about your work? How can we get your book? So on and so forth. Thank you, Zico. You can get my book anywhere you get books, right? So Amazon or wherever. And it's available in book, in print, in electronic audio i i this is my third book and i recorded the audio for this book so if you want to hear more from me jump on amazon and just get the book it's my daily leadership and the website is www.mydailyleadership.com there's loads of free resources on there there's like a 30-day journal you can download there's health tests to take that's business health tests it's even uh leadership and and self-awareness and emotional intelligence tests that you can take so www.mydailyleadership.com if you want to chat to me about anything just connect to us send me an email and somebody will get it to me and i'll talk to you as soon as i can perfect so we're not just going to talk about man city we're actually going to talk about leadership so that's awesome (laughs) awesome awesome with that being said thank you for listening everyone thank you for watching this is a fantastic episode if anything that you miss, I want you to go back to the section where we talked about EQ and the five steps towards EQ. I think that's going to be very beneficial for you. And enjoy the rest of your day, fam. Cool. Thank you. See you soon. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.